You can actually cyberize everything about a body except for one thing. The brain. Well, there's actually two things then. It's the The brain. The penis. For some reason, also eyelids. (laughs) Right. Right. They they can't really nail the eyelids. (laughs) I guess uh, I guess we're recording as of now because I just feel like starting, man. I'm ready to go, so we're we're back. It's fight with Mike with Mike, yeah. and I'm Andy. Yep, it's the Seco Boys. Well, two of them anyway, and we're Dude. back again. We're back in the mix. We're back in the nerd lab. Mikey, we're gonna mix it up. Mikey the Killer, and uh, Rico. <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck that was. <laughs> I don't know. That's my mafioso name. Oh, I thought you were going for like a like a boxing and a ring announcer or something like that. In this no. corner, we have Andy. No, no, I master. was no. I was okay. going for a uh, for a little bit of a uh, a mafioso vibe, you know. But uh, okay, yeah, we'll go with that. That's fine. My, is, that, my, is that what that was? Yeah, my. Uh, <laughs> professional voice actor andrew nice. andrew seco here well um, you know i i do want to have you re-record that shitty ad i was doing for um anchor okay i say it's shitty not that their ad was that their copy was shitty just my my ad was shitty i actually took hey it i'll cause... i'll read that copy for uh for the for the show well i have something special i want you to do for it so oh dear god yeah I had something in mind, but you know, we'll save that as a maybe a surprise for someday. Oh, uh, a surprise! <laughs> yeah, maybe not one that I like, but no, whatever. probably not. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Ravenous consumption. What do you got? What are you doing? Oh, so my ravenous consumption for this week is a funny thing. A funny thing called well, it's sometimes funny. It's a it's an anime called Steins Gate, which is a show I watched a long time ago, uh, and did not fully appreciate for how good it was. Well, I I liked it when I watched it initially, but I was also like fourteen, so I didn't really like understand why it was good. And uh I didn't know if it would hold up watching it again like six years later, and I watched it again just recently and it's really good um it's a show about time travel i would love for us to talk about it on here sometime but uh we'll see um yep i think at some point we can do that um at some what we have to do actually is go back through like we piled up a massive list of shit we wanted to talk about and i think we have to kind of revisit that there's, yeah, there's some good, we got a lot. Some, to, we've got a lot of ideas for episodes. So. We do, we do have that. Um, but that's pretty much all for me. Besides, that's pretty much it for you. Copious magic arena. Nice. Um, for me, I have been watching. Um, I watched the up to the mid or not the mid season. No, no, actually, they don't have a mid season finale. Um, I watched. I'm still watching uh, Discovery. 
Star Trek Discovery, and I think there's still two or three episodes left of that. That's going pretty decently. The last couple of episodes have been okay. Mainly it was they had a two-parter to write out a character um, who's going to be spun off into her own show. Um, and they brought back like a they brought back something from the old series to facilitate that as a little bit of fan service, which was done pretty decently, but you know, it felt a little contrived. But overall, it was it's overall I'm I'm pretty happy with the season. Um, but the big news is is uh, I the Mandalorian season two wrapped up and the ending was just fucking spectacular. It was just great. I still haven't watched it. Yeah, and I'm I'm fighting really hard to avoid the spoilers, but if you've been on the internet at all, I think you might already have seen it. I I so. haven't seen anything about it. Oh, there there's a big reveal at the end of season 2. Season 2 really it feels like season 2 has been they were successful with the first season and then and then all of a sudden it feels like they decided with this season they were going to they're going to use it to basically fertilize an entire Star Wars television universe and the uh, reveal was that baby Yoda is actually Palpatine and it's revealed <laughs> in a and it's revealed in a text crawl at the beginning of the last episode not foreshadowed uh, at all but revealed uh, in the beginning of the of the of the last episode in a text crawl and it says the dead speak <laughs> How did you know <laughs> <laughs> It, uh, it seemed about it seemed about on par with the uh, writing Star Wars has been receiving lately. So I thought that I, no. I thought I'd hazard a guess as to what the uh, what it ended no, you, up being. No, well, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, let's just say that there are they have done a very good job of intertwining it into the Star Wars timeline and universe and all that. And but th- but they do it with actually good writing and, and interesting stories. So, I know it's a kind of a novel idea. I know that that we really haven't had that much experience with that with Star Wars, but it, I feel like that. Uh, you know, yeah, we've had what two good movies and a TV show that was good. Um, yeah, two to three movies, depending on who you ask, because that's another fight we might have. And then um, <laughs> we already had that fight. Not Rogue Squadron. We didn't have. That oh movie. God, that movie yeah. sucks. I think that movie's great, so you can fuck off on that one. All right, fight for the future. Um, so bad, but you're wrong. But um, but Mando Mandalorian was great. Um, I love Pedro Pascal. He's he's just they totally have that kind of uh, high plains drifter in outer space vibe going. Um, and they just they they fall into the trap. Or they, 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 it feels like they're starting to fall into a trap of kind of a, you know, uh, Mando goes here and does this, and then he has to go there and do that, you know. But um, well, they, it's an episodic series, right? Largely, yeah. So, but they, they do just enough to tie it all together in the end, and and have, you know, tie up the arc, and also, but they've done it in a way this season where they just are sprinkling all these little seeds around a, that actually now. It sounds, so that lead... it sounds very ahead. reminiscent of Cowboy Bebop. Not going to lie. I have no idea what the fuck. I mean, I know what it is, but I've never seen it. Oh, it's such a good show. So yeah. good. High recommend. Why did that did that spawn a bunch of uh, spinoffs? I mean, it's 
one of the greatest anime ever made, basically. So, but I mean, did it like have the, a lot of direct spinoffs, or was it? No, but I. Well, you were saying that like it's largely an episodic series with a slight narrative through line that gets oh, tied right, together, right. which is and and it's a space western as well, which Cowboy Bebop is a largely episodic space western, um, that kind of like. It kind of set the mold for most of what space westerns have been since. Um, it's like, it's very good, very influential, good shit. It's so influential that I've never seen it. Yeah, sad, <laughs> sad, but, wrong, but so sad. You actually um, probably, I think we actually have watched a couple episodes of it before, but maybe we have. I, I know you've watched it with Adam, right? No. Oh, all right. Never mind then. But uh, but well, they so they do have that. Mando Mandalorian does do that well. But they also have made a very conscious choice to dig into a lot of the extended universe. And it's no secret anymore. It's not a spoiler to say that Ahsoka Tano was in the show this uh, season. Yeah, and done really really well. Um, and yeah, I mean, at some point. I hope you see it because I'd like to talk to you about it, especially the end of it. Um, get your feelings on it. Um, but yeah, no, I I really had fun with it. I was pretty sad when it was over because now it's going to be a fucking year. Um, the twist is actually that uh, the Mandalorian is actually the great great grandson of <laughs> of, 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 uh, of of Anakin Skywalker. Um, oh my god, he's Jesus. the great. He's the great great grandson, cousin twice removed from Anakin Skywalker. Man, you're you're like fucking Nostradamus. I'm I'm glad yeah. I didn't watch it with you because you would have spoiled it all for me. Yeah, man. Jesus. Sorry about that. I I'm <sighs> just I can just tell where these things are going. And now you spoiled it for everyone else. Whoops. So. No, Whoops. you know why that's a joke, Andy? Because J.J. Uh, Abrams wasn't involved. So. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. George Lucas wasn't involved. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, I think that closes the consuming part because I want to get us into yeah. the news. Because we haven't done the news in a while. Yeah, we've been slacking. We've been slacking on the news. We've been slacking in general. Slacking and whacking. <laughs> I don't know. Depends on what you mean by slacking. Well, there really hasn't been a lot of news anyway until the last couple of weeks, and then there's yeah, just well, a we had an explosion uh, of nerd news. We had what? There was some convention, right, where they revealed all these Star Wars shows. Well, there was two things. Uh, Disney had their wait. Did they have D twenty three or something? No, it was just. I don't know if it was D twenty three. They just had some marketing uh, thing that they had where they revealed all this Marvel and Star Wars shit over a couple of days. Um, but there's also been a ton of rumors also. So one thing is, is that, um, um, you know, there's, there's a ton of new uh, Marvel series coming. And, you know, the ones we know about. So there's Wanda, WandaVision coming out in January. There's... Um, the one with Anthony Mackie, what the hell is that one? Falcon and the, Win- Falcon and the Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yeah. Right, that's coming out in March. Um, 
And then there's just an ass load of other stuff that I can't even remember right now. Maybe I'll because... actually watch season three of Daredevil <laughs> if it's coming back. Uh, it might. So, yeah, you read ahead to that other one, which was yeah. that there's been a lot of... Well, right now it's mostly rumors, but I've seen so many fucking rumors about I thought, Daredevil. Wait, I thought they confirmed that Daredevil was coming back at least. I don't know if it's confirmed. The rumors have been so. Um, for people listening, the rumor it, the rumor started out that the there was a two year ban on any of the Netflix Marvel characters moving over to Disney Plus. Um, basically, Marvel had a lock on those characters for two years after the end of the series cancellations. And Disney couldn't do anything with them. And it seemed to be that they were dead. But then as soon as, so now all those characters and those licenses are coming up uh, on their expiration, like now and for the next couple of months. And so the rumor started out initially that Charlie Cox's Daredevil is going to appear in the next Spider-Man movie, which he might. Hmm. That'd be kind of sick, actually. Yeah, like he might show up as well, he Peter exists, Parker's lawyer. He exists in the MCU, right? He does. So they, they had a very loose affiliation with the MCU. You would hear about them talking about the incident or the invasion or the Battle of New York, right? That was their Yeah. That was the the touchline between the TV shows and the MCU. Um but I just got a boner when this as soon as they started talking about um Charlie Cox maybe coming back. He's so good. Oh, show. he's fucking oh, phenomenal. He's awesome. Yeah, and you should watch. Actually, you should watch season three anyway because it, I thought it was really well done. I never, I don't know. I just couldn't get into it for some reason. I never like felt the need to watch it. Second season was good. First season was good. The first season of Daredevil is so good. Like, oh my god, that's some fucking killer TV. But yeah, no, that was great. Um, I didn't like the second season as much. Thought it was okay. Um. The action scenes are still really, really good. Like, they're always good in those shows. But um, Electro was not great, I thought, in season two. Um, he wasn't. Electro wasn't in season two. Yes, she was. Oh, Electro. I thought you said Electro. And I'm like, Electro's no, a Spider-Man no. guy. God, no, no, no. Yeah, Electro. No, I thought she was good. I thought they did a pretty good job. No, I'm not that. saying the actress is bad. I just, I don't know. I didn't love having her in there. She felt kind of like... Ancil- I guess not ancillary, but, like, kind of unnecessary. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but, like, just didn't feel like she really needed to be there. Um, um I Yeah, I think if I hear you right... It felt it's... like she was kind of there for, like, fan service. You know what I mean? Um, I think that she was there... To... No, I think she was pretty integral to it. So the problem with, I think, season two is that it did have a little bit of Spider-Man 3-itis because you had a lot of different threads going on. Yeah, um, it, it was a lot more confused than the first season. And right. it also didn't have Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> so that's why you would like season three. <laughs> Which is the other problem with that season. Because, yeah. oh my god, he literally made the entire first season of that show. He was so good. Yeah, so... He comes back in season three, and season three is um, honestly. I, I wish I had time to rewatch it because it's been a while. But I, I kind of have been feeling like I want to watch Daredevil again, but I just haven't had the time. Um, but I also know that 
you know, you like to game a lot, and you're not really big on watching TV yeah. shows. Especially so. when, like, every episode's an hour long. I'm like, oh, my God. It's like watching, like, yeah, it is. fucking movies. I'm like, oh, my Jesus. Well, um, and it's, it's like, you know, streaming hours, so it's not like a... a, a yeah, no, it's a, like a uh, full-on hour-long right. experience. Right. But, like, even just, like, honestly, if Daredevil had ended after the first season, I would have been totally fine with it. Because it was a complete story. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I wish, like, American TV shows would, like, accept the idea of just telling a complete story in one season and then being done. You know what I mean? I don't know if that, like... Cause no, I, I just hear you. Like... I, I think really what you mean is that you just want them to stop before they beat it to death. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. I, and, like, I'm not saying I thought Daredevil was beaten to death by the second season. I just, like, when I watched that first season, I was like, if it stopped there, it would have been great. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. wouldn't have cared. I, like, so I would have I... been totally okay if it stopped right there. Yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. I, I felt... Because what, was... what ended up happening to me a lot in the second season as well is, like, the dynamic of, like, him and Foggy constantly like bickering and falling out with each other just got tired to me too that was something about the second season that got annoying um i don't know i don't think that bothered me as much i think for me it was just that there were a lot of different through lines also season two kind of jumped into magic a little bit more kind of stuff Um, i mean i don't have a problem with that so much to be honest with you like i know it's a comic book story it's it's no no well what i mean is is that it so season one is very very much grounded in like street level crime fighting with with you know no bullshit right he's just it's him it's largely him you know there's not you know a lot what i of, would there, say too let me I don't... let me finish let me finish there's a lot there's not a lot of supernatural stuff going on in season one and then in season two season one they start to get into that season two leans into it pretty hard that's um, not oh what were you gonna say well, no, and then season, but it, so I, I do feel a lot of what you said about season two, but season three definitely kind of, uh, it's it's an uptick from season two for sure, and a really solid solid season all the way through. So. The the other thing I didn't really feel like they needed per se, which maybe so I think they would have had to choose one or the other here, right? Either have Electra there for her plot with with matt and whatnot and don't have the punisher or have the punisher and don't have like the subplots with electra i think if they had just gone it's like matt and electra in the hand is like and that was what they were focusing on for the whole season i think that would have been a lot stronger than having added the punisher in there just because like whenever they were dealing like whenever they'd cut like they'd do episodes to go away and deal with the punisher case stuff right like that would just be dragging me away from the main plot. You know what I mean? And I'm like, Oh, there's a whole like extra six episodes now that I didn't even need because they felt like they had to put the Punisher in here to make a Punisher spinoff series. You know what I mean? Well, I think that that was also what a lot of people complained about, which was, um, and when I say a lot of people, I mean like, you know, Mark Bernard from fat man, you know, beyond or whatever, but basically, uh, he made good points though about you know if you and it kind of dovetails with what you're saying like if they if they get rid of that plot with Punisher then you've got like 
eight or nine episodes, maybe and ten. The whole and, thing would and have just been it's much tighter. more tight. It would be way tighter. It's tighter, and right. the pacing, the pacing would have been so much better. Because I think what right. killed, I think what killed the second season of Daredevil for me was the pacing of it, constantly cutting away to deal with all the Punisher shit. Um, yeah, and honestly, the the Punisher. So that's the other thing too, is because the Punisher might be coming back as well. There's been rumors of John Bernthal coming back um, for the Punisher role, which, quite frankly, he was just fucking phenomenal in that series in those two series he's good as the um, punisher that's what i mean he's just phenomenal i mean that's probably i didn't watch the... the i didn't watch the punisher show oh but, it, it um, was good yeah i i, I liked i liked the punisher show a lot it was two seasons but in general so the marvel all the marvel netflix shows ran 13 episode seasons except for the last season of Iron Fist because Iron Fist was <laughs> shitty and so they they pared it down. And then I only um, watched I think I only watched the first season of Jessica Jones, but like Jessica Jones is one of those shows where it's like I when I watched that at the end of the first season should have stopped right there. It was totally done. Like the whole arc was over. You know what I mean? I felt yeah. no motivation. I felt literally no motivation to continue that series after I was done the first season. Well, season one, I mean, I I watched the other two seasons because, you know, I'm me. Um, and season two and season three were entertaining, but they were no near, nowhere near as good as season one. That and first se- season of Jessica Jones, so good. Better than, well, better than Daredevil, I mean, actually, I think, well, the first let's, season of that show. Let's be clear. I mean, that that season was so good because of David Tennant. I mean, I mean, everybody yeah, was good, but like, but, but everybody villain, in it was really good. Everybody in it was good, and the villain was great, and it also worked as a metaphor for different subjects on many levels. And um, yeah, that that was a that was a great season of television. Luke Cage, actually, I was really disappointed when that went off the air because season three left it in a place that was really interesting. I actually um, started the first season of Luke Cage and I was liking it quite a bit, but I dropped off just because it's a big I'm investment. Me, yeah. And I, well, can't right. Watch, <laughs> right. and I can't watch TV shows. Right. Um, you say that like it's bad, but that's actually not really a bad thing. So, well, it wouldn't be a bad thing if I was investing it in, in more productive uh, <laughs> things, but you know, I just wind up playing video games instead most of the time. So, <laughs> Hey, there's no crime in that son. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, um, a lot of Marvel coming and honestly, if I, if I had had more diligence and actually taken notes on it, I could have talked about it more, but then with the show would be too long anyway. Cause also, well, we did just do like a 15 minute diatribe about the Marvel Netflix shows. So, and that's what makes us, us, we just had a little mini sewed right there for you. That's right. Well, I mean, plus there's a, there's. The big announcement was, which was less expected, was just a pile of Star Wars. So the success of Mandalorian. Yeah, it was what like ten off. shows or something. Yeah, it's a ridiculous amount Fucking of shows insane. coming. So Ahsoka's going to get her own show. Um, there's going to be so live action. There's going to be Ahsoka. There's going to be interesting. Uh, Rangers of the New Republic, live Maybe action. Maybe interesting. Um, and. Ah, oh, fuck. What were the other ones? I wish I could remember. Let me see. Dude, they don't need oh. to launch so many damn projects. Holy shit, you can't even remember all of them. Oh, I mean, well, that's it. 
Um, the ones that be... stood out to me were so were the ones you have written down, which were the Ahsoka show, the uh, the Republic show, which is like the 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 new period in history that they're exploring. Because I'm always game to see them get outside of the standard like eras of the Star Wars universe. Oh fuck! Now I remember. And then uh, and then the Bad Batch show. Which Obi Wan can. Obi Wan Kenobi though sick. that too that's coming. Uh, but we'll everybody knew that. that. Who are they uh, having play him? Do you know? Obi Wan. Is it Kenobi? Ewan McGregor? Ewan McGregor, man. Oh, and they have... that's okay. That's sick. I'm hyped for that. And they're bringing back Hayden Christensen for uh, Darth Vader, Dude, which honestly, I'm that's happy kind because... of badass. Right. Right. See, I that's mean, look, why I should write this shit down so we, I can remember suck, to talk but, about like, it. <laughs> the prequels are terrible, but like. I'm kind of gonna. Wa- I'm definitely gonna watch that Obi Wan well, Kenobi show. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, you know what? I brought that up with, uh, you know, our neighbor Tim on one of our walks, and he was like, "Oh man!" I said, "No, listen, that kid got fucked over by George Lucas. He, he got. He totally got he fucked got over totally by George fucked Lucas. Over. And that you got to give that kid a shot. At, I mean, he's not a kid anymore. He's forty or whatever. But he needs a. Sh- he, he deserves a shot at redemption, right? So. I agree. Um, I agree. Give him another chance with better. Give the writing. kid a chance. Uh, give him another there, chance. Better writing. Better direction. We'll see if it's him or if it's the, uh, or if it's the, the creator. <laughs> and if he's bad, they could just edit him down quite a bit. Um, also, Star Wars: The Acolyte is coming, and that is going to be a mystery thriller, uh, led by a female character set in the final di- days of the High Republic era, and I've heard rumor that it's going to tie in. Or maybe it's another series coming about Palpatine as a as a an you know the acolyte or the um, uh, uh, the apprentice young, to Darth Plagueis. You know, young Sheldon, story, young Pla- Sheldon, but it's young <laughs> right. Palpatine. Young Palpatine. He has like a little bow tie and stuff. Right. Goes when around he... being like, "Teach me how to use the Force," and then he like explains the Force better than they could, and they're like. Young Palpatine. The dark like, side can be the pathway to powers that some consider to be unnatural. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lando, another show coming. Oh, I don't care about that. Uh, probably with Donald Glover. I, I don't know if anyone was clamoring for a Lando Calrissian show, but... Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Um, maybe if it's well made, but... So, of the animated shows, Bad Batch caught my attention also. That's a yeah. set of clone troopers. I'm into that... anything that's spinning off of Clone Wars. Right. Although, so... I have to watch the last season still, the final season of Clone Wars. But this is the and... thing. is like, all these TV shows fucking come out. I can't keep up with all this shit. Like, well, that's the downside, How am I supposed right? to keep up with all of it? Yeah. Impossible. No, I mean, it's it's death by a thousand cuts, right? I mean, you, you can't watch all this shit. That's why I haven't watched Clone Wars or Rebels, right? Even yeah, though there's like, been some cool stuff. Clone Wars it, is you know? so good. Oh, my God. It's so worth yeah. it. So, um, and during the last few days, the, the surprise appearance at the end of The Mandalorian Season 2 may get their own show. So, Surpri- and I'll God, leave it at Now that. I just want to know what it is. I... I I'll spoil it for you. I'm not going to say it on on the air though, because there's I mean, people I, who haven't seen it. I don't know if I've talked about it on air, but I live in a post spoiler world, so I don't really care about spoilers. Right. I think I think something should stand. I think a a work should stand in quality, regardless of whether you know what the destination is or not. So. Well, that's fair, but 
I'm one of those uh, people who likes to have the surprise on Christmas, right? I don't want to know what I'm getting in advance. So, um, unless it's something I really, really like that I asked for, you do like you it. do lose out on some things, but it also sometimes lets you experience uh, stuff in in a different way. So I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, but I, there's something about that feeling of something you didn't expect and something great that just shows up and you didn't know it was coming It cold cocks you and and uh unfortunately because i watched the mandalorian finale two days later the internet fucking exploded with it and i couldn't avoid it it showed up in my feed and i I mean i i would try to scan past it but it kind of spoiled it a little bit so i kind of knew it was coming um but not fully so Anyway, folks, tune in and enjoy it. It was good. <laughs> Which right. brings us to... Main topic time. Psychopath! <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I was trying to come up with a main topic time <laughs> sound, and it did not pan out. That's that was right. horrible. That was so bad. No, that's going to be <laughs> fucking great, because right at the end of that is where I'll tie in the psychopath theme. And I'm going to yeah. use this, the second one, not the first one, because that was much better. Oh, it's so... It's good shit. Oh, good shit. And now the mouth vocal styling like of Andrew Shiko. Uh, here, you don't even need to... You don't even need to... I right. would like to show... Cut. <laughs> All right, nope. I'm done singing. I'm done nope. singing. Keep going. No. I'm done. <laughs> I don't All have right. the backing track. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel right without the music. <laughs> no. Would you like me to to uh to hum the back the the music? Oh no, that would be horrible. You ready? Uh, three. Ready? No. 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 That, <laughs> that second opening is so fucking good though. Yeah, it definitely kind of jumped out and grabbed me. And uh, did and you honestly... did you start watching the opening after after it uh after it was a thing? I did. You would be proud of it. Ah, see, I told you. No, because you know why? Right? It actually was good. <laughs> yeah, it makes a difference. Right. It does make a difference. You get and, hyped uh, up for the episode. Now you're getting into the anime experience a little bit. <laughs> I'm getting into the experience of a good show. If yeah, the show but, is good, I'll get well, into well, it. Well, but that is that is specifically part of the anime experience, though, as a whole, is the is the opening theme. Because every anime has a full minute 30 opening title sequence. And sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're terrible. Sometimes they're average. But because I feel is so good. Oh, my God. That's the second opening of Psycho Pass. Amazing and, second and, opening. Andy Seco, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you're right. As a, you know, you're as, a, as a wise man named JLP once said, amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, What's his Jesse Lee Peterson? Jesse Lee Peterson. He's a crazy right winger, by the way. If you didn't oh. know, he's 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 an idiot, but he has these hilarious uh, Jesse Lee Petersonisms that yeah. are a meme among yeah. a lot of leftists now. But yeah, well, I would just like to say fuck that guy. So oh no, totally fuck that guy. He's horrible, <laughs> but like he's he's also like hilarious because of how stupid he is, and like because of these vocal mannerisms that he has, like amazing or like. I, I don't know amazing is the one that really comes to mind because it's like his catchphrase but it's it's so funny oh anyway and, and keeping up with the theme uh brief public service announcement um 
if any of you uh, fuckers out there, if you're well, if you're one of those fuckers who believes that um, Trump should declare martial law, you can seriously super fuck off. Um, end of public service. Yeah. Process. Yeah. Yeah. All right, back on to our show. Anyway. Psychopaths. <laughs> it out of the park with this one right uh yeah i would say you did so cycle i finally did it <laughs> <laughs> i did it yo adrian i did it i finally found a good one <laughs> <laughs> so finally finally i had a good show that somebody else liked i know what that feels like well no a lot of people love jojo it's just not it's more niche than this show is this show is just straight up amazing like it's a ten out of ten, in my opinion, well, at least. I I would say like a eight out of ten. Really? really, I bad. I I think it's better than that. But I think it's about it's pretty fucking top tier. But I don't know. Maybe I'll I'll come down. I'll meet you in the middle. It's a nine out of ten for me. I'm uh I'm the traditionally tough East German judge. So um... you say that you like Batman v Superman, <laughs> motherfucker. No, no, you wait, literally wait, cannot wait. talk. You no, cannot wait, talk. Wait, you cannot judge the quality wait. of anything. No, you are misrepresenting what I say. I just say it's not as bad as you say it is. <sighs> that would be so shit. Anyway, coming up, we're not here to talk. <laughs> we're not here to talk about that today. Yes. But anyway, yeah, I will draw <laughs> down with you, motherfucker. That's right. gonna be like Suicide Squad two, right there. Anyway. Yeah. But um, I'm gonna yeah, have to come so... up with my Andy containment system for that one. But, <laughs> um, so pass, I'm gonna take a stab at it. Describe. Go it, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you, you, can, you can try. Correct me. And then when you inevitably fail, I'll do better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it is. Psychopaths is uh, an anime, and it is set. About 100 years from now, I would say. Maybe a little less than that. 2112, to be precise, for Russian. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a reference, but maybe. It's got to be. It's got to be. I mean, there's no other reason. It doesn't no have to reason. be. You yeah. just choose a year. Like, maybe. It could be a, a Rush reference. I don't know. Maybe Genarabuchi is a fan of Rush. All or, right. Well, I don't know, well, man. Get on, uh, get on the interwebs right now while I'm doing a description. So, anyway, it's set in the not-too-distant future where... There is a seemingly utopian society where there's very little crime and everybody leads happy, fulfilled lives, you think, uh, because all crime and criminal behavior is now predicted through the use of a technology called um, or a measuring tool called uh, uh, a psychopath, which basically uh, they can use technology fed into what you think are supercomputers, hint, hint, 
um, to be able to heyo. Hey, I mean, um, it's a sort of supercomputer. It is. It is. Um, you could say it, the brain is a biological supercomputer. You, you could say it's a neural net. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So, using this technology, they can determine if someone will be a criminal. At least they think so. So you get it, a numeric... it, it determines it determines their propensity to commit a crime in the future. Basically, that's right. Like so, if you it's get, like a you... it's like a percent chance kind of. Right. It's called a psychopath. It's also your score is referred to also as a hue, I believe, right? Yeah. So yeah. this well, it's the, the, the number is the crime coefficient. The right. hue the psychopath is like a bigger um is like the full body of data that the scan produces basically. Oh actually you know what? So the great? hue the hue is a representation of their ge- of a person's general stress level. And as it gets more clouded it moves from green to like red. You know what would have been um, great, Andy, is if I had written down the. De- oh wait, I did write down the description. All right, psychopaths, oh. where humans' state of minds and the tendency of their personalities can be quantified, while all sorts of inclinations are recorded and policed. These measured numbers are used to judge people's soul. Oh, these measured numbers used to judge people's souls are commonly called psychopaths. And so, as Andy said, you get this crime coefficient. It's a number. And the higher the number, the worse it is. It's and... if you're if you're under one hundred, then you're like a normal member of society. If you're over one hundred, you're a latent criminal. And if you're over three hundred, then you, they you, kill you. You get killed. Right. <laughs> right. And so they have uh right. And so the police are essentially broken up into these into like it's like, almost like a caste system. You have inspectors, which are the detectives, and they typically have you know, a normal psychopath, a normal hue. Um, but they can slowly over time because of their exposure and the things that they have to do, their crime co- coefficients go up to a level where they become latent criminals, like Andy described. People who are latent criminals in the police force get get turned into what they call enforcers. So you have the inspectors who do a lot of the policing with these enforcers. They kind of have a, ma- you know, like a a a boss subordinate relationship right the enforcers are subordinate to the to the inspectors if you're if but your the, boss the enforcers... shoot you with a taser whenever they felt like it basically right well the, but the point is is that the enforcers because they're already tainted are used to do the dirty work so if somebody needs yeah. to be shot then the enforcers do it because they're already on their way out so to speak they so the idea is that you are you are imprisoned or killed because of what this system thinks you may be capable of at some point in the future, which is pretty super fucked up. Yeah. Right. It's uh And so it brings so it brings to mind a lot of things. There's a lot woven into this show, and honestly, because I'm a shitty note taker, um, because I watch the show more than I take notes, um, it's going to be all over the place. But as you pointed out before I watched it, it's very heavily, and they even talk about it, right? It's very heavily influenced yeah. by Blade Runner. Um, it is also, I felt, references to, um, you know, there, there's references in Easter eggs to 1984 for obvious reasons. They actually, um, um, the villain for... Makishima literally directly quotes in an episode from Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which is the right. inspiration for Blade Runner. Right. So it's uh it's definitely tightly tied to those cyberpunk um 
dystopian sci-fi kind of uh, stories. Right. And so, and, and so it pulls from a lot of things. It doesn't, it's not really shy about being, you know, somewhat derivative, but being derivative doesn't, everything's derivative, right? But well, being, Simpsons did on, it. Literally everything on. is derivative. Well, right. But I mean, derivatives. Okay. If you produce something new that makes you think, and this definitely makes you think. It's it's and, very classic high concept sci-fi actually. Right. And and I would say so so right. So right off the bat, you've got me with the premise, right? So I'm so just to, to talk about it at a high level, not in terms of like the story, but just the presentation. And, oh, the world and, building is so good in this show. Well, even beyond that, I'm just saying that just just the production, right? So the 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 visualization is great. The visualization is beautiful in, in most cases. Uh, the voice acting is awesome. Yeah. So typically, like, you know, well, I mean, I don't have a lot of experience with this. Stuff, it, depend- but, it depends. But, but anyway. Depending on the show, dubs can be very hit or miss for anime. Um, right. So JoJo's show, was really hit good. and miss, right? So especially season two of jo- Season one of JoJo's was terrible dub. Oh, it's so bad. S- season two. I mean, I hate the entire JoJo dub. Like, I can't fucking watch it from how bad it is, in my opinion. But um, I got used to it with season two. But honestly, but to your point, it was not great, right? I mean, it didn't really help the characters at all as much as as I'd hoped it would. The dub for this and the voice actors that do this for, for the English dub are phenomenal. Yeah, they're really pretty great. And on top of that, the show is written in a way that it, it, although it's culturally set in Japan, and I think there's a lot of, um, of, of, what should I say, uh, reference to, you know, historic isolationism of Japan as well, you know, and this technology kind of reinforcing that, um, you know, it, it really, um, it, it doesn't, it could have been set anywhere for the most part. The idea yeah. is you have the society, they have created their overbearing technology to create this quote-unquote perfect society, and really by the end you don't know who you're rooting for. Yeah, it's. I would say it's kind of one of those shows to me, as, as an anime, it's one of those shows that like is very easy to have cross-appeal for Western audiences, like Death Note. Um because, you know, like you said, Death Note, obviously, like, there's some th- parts of it that are, like, directly Japanese and, like, are very Japanese. But, like, that show could be set literally anywhere. You know what I mean? And it could... And and, and the, the writing style of it translates very easily to, um, to Western audiences. A yeah. lot like this show. Although this show is written even more like a Western tv show probably than than that show was so um so so to that point right because i brought up the point after the first couple of episodes where i thought i said to you i said this feels like it could easily be live action and you said oh yeah but that doesn't matter and then you looked it up and he goes and you said uh actually the creator said he had it with live action in mind well it was the it was the director the The director director wanted to the director wanted to specifically make the show so that nothing they did in it couldn't be done in live action in case he could have the opportunity to option it for a live action film. Um, yeah, and honestly, I, I feel this is too complex to be a film. You know, not to go... 
I, like we were saying before, obviously there's a glut of streaming choices, but this would be better as a an eight to well, twelve I mean, episode mini. At its heart, it's a police procedural, right? So right. like that's part of that's part like the whole first half of the show is basically a sci-fi police procedural. Um, you know, there it's it's insular cases that you kind of it, it it's so geniusly structured because the, you get this beginning section where you kind of are following these disparate cases happening with Division One, which is the team of uh, detectives, and you're following these disparate cases that you eventually slowly realize are all connected, um, and that leads into the main plot of the show about halfway through the season. But um, but for for that first half, you're kind of just being shown this world by watching the team sort of go through these first these these separate cases that are exploring sort of different aspects of that world um which is just right it, so it's such a great structure so if i can summarize like that first half they're like you said so they start out so they're you're right there are probably typically two to three episode arcs for the first half of the 22 episodes um maybe a little less than that um that are these they're slowly figuring out that that these individual cases of serial killers and and um murderers in different locations are all being you know they are pawns being manipulated by this other person uh, behind this, this shadowy figure that actually is also deeply tied into one of the main enforcers backgrounds, which is, uh, what's his name again? Shinya Kogami. Shinya Kogami. Right. Um, and my boy. Right. And so, and also in the beginning, you're introduced to the other character who's really tip is basically the reason for a character like that, I think is to be our view into this world, which is, you're talking uh, about Akane. Akane, right? So she yeah. is a very young um, inspector who's, you know, fresh out of out of school and not very confident. And she is paired up with Kogami, who is the you know grizzled veteran enforcer. And slowly through the course of the series, it really made me feel a lot about like um, something you probably haven't seen, which is to live and die in L.A., where you see this naive, um, um, you know, young younger cop who's a little bit more, you know, altru uh, idealistic. I should say not altruistic, idealistic. And by the end, they they are, you know, they've come full circle, right? Yeah, they're, and they're, and they're playing the system as much as anybody also, else, right? Yeah, and he also kind of trains her over time. Like a big theme of the show, kind of is that the traditional police work is kind of viewed by a lot of inspectors to be like, like Ginoza views it this way early on as kind of like something that is, is a thing of the past, right? It's a relic. Right. But, um, but Masaoka and Kogami, who are the two sort of main enforcers are, are sort of training Akane to realize that it's still very much is a uh, has value to to be able to solve these crimes cuz pretty much every time they encounter a crime some kind of flaw in the system is made manifest that they have to be able to use traditional police work to find you know to find out who did it and find the uh 
find the truth. Yeah, that's right. Because I I keep forgetting um, this. So this is a show I could go back and watch. I'll say that right up front. Um, oh yeah, because it's easy a lot to watch. Um, and you might get something different from it on each pass, which is a sign of of a great, you know, a great piece of work, right? So, um, but. So Masayoka, he's the older enforcer, correct? Yeah. And so he, he is right. He, you learn later he's he's one of the younger. So there's a younger inspector. The inspectors tend to be young, it seems. And yeah, because the longer you're an inspector, the more you rises, and the, the faster more, you the become more, an enforcer. Essentially, right. The more corrupted you become. As as we see with Ginoza's arc in this first season, that's kind of a right. What and ends the, up happening to him? And it's actually it's pretty depressing, actually, especially because there's that that heartbreaking moment that sends him over but yeah um uh what was i gonna say so but yeah they they bring that out so so masayoka and kogami are the old school hard-boiled detectives and you know the the loose cannons you know (laughs) yeah uh, of the department well i'd say i'd say kogami's the loose cannon for sure well um yeah, Ma- Masaoka's kind of the uh, Masaoka's like the experience, and then Kogami's definitely the loose cannon. But he's he's also kind of the experienced detective as well. Right. So they have to go figure out in these early arcs, like like you said, they do a little police work that's on top of it. Normally, the from an inspector's point of view, you know, they're they're the button pushing bureaucrats almost they they pull out so the way they enforce things in general is they have this gun called the dominator right very iconic gun <laughs> right and it is it is it is uh very high tech it is tied into the psychopaths uh what's the network called it's not called the, the sybil system the sybil system correct sorry it is tied into the system the system is called the sybil system which is also clearly a reference to the work sybil which was a story about multiple split personalities in a single person, which ties into the Curious. System. Curious. Have you heard of that before? Um, no, Civil? I actually hadn't, but um, yeah. it makes sense. The The reference makes sense now. It does, right. So, see, you'll learn a little something new from the old man. Um, and so when they, are, when they are confronted with somebody they think, you know, might be a latent criminal or somebody who needs to be apprehended or killed. They take the gun out. The gun is coded to them. The gun determines based on your hue score, what to do. If they point it at you and it reads your soul, quote unquote, and comes up with a score that says that says that's over 300, it will go into kill mode. And the decision is out of your hands. You all, the only decision you have is pulling the trigger. Yeah, um, and and something great that this show does, like literally right out the gate in the first ever episode, we are immediately shown that the system is flawed via the whole interaction between. Um, there's a woman who, so we're shown two great flaws in the system, like right off the bat in the show, which is that a crime coefficients are temp can be temporarily contagious, right? Because the woman who is brought into the stressful situation by the perpetrator of a crime. Uh, ends up becoming like unstable briefly uh, and the gun determines that she should be killed Um, but Akane manages to talk her down to a point where she's just able to be neutralized and brought in right 
So you're immediately shown like this shit can't be trusted, right? Because it's clearly able to be wrong a lot of the time uh, and and will catch innocent people in the crossfire, which is something that's that's very it's it's good like it's a great way of showing you right off the bat like and getting the viewer accustomed immediately to the idea of like okay this is the kind of thing we're going to be exploring throughout this and and it definitely delivers on uh on those concepts right and just right off the bat right i mean uh just the notion of being judged on your potential for wrongdoing rather than your actual actions right thoughts versus actions thought crime right that's why 1984 man it would be so wrong if the government could just like collect all the data they wanted with the on you without a warrant and just immediately like incarcerate you without trial or charge if they felt like you might do something bad in the future that'd be that would be crazy i can't i can't believe that there would be such a dystopian state like that i am Right, Man. so it's really good. That I'm glad. No... I'm glad that I, in the United States of America, live in the land of the free, where we have no such prison, where you can immediately be detained without trial or charge after the government collects any kind of data they want on you without a warrant. <laughs> Man, I think they still need a warrant to charge you with anything, though. No, not for Guantanamo, dude. They can throw you in there for whatever the fuck they want. Well, you have to be determined to be. Oh, so I don't want to get into that, but basically, you have to. So to be clear. I do agree with you that the potential is there. They just have to declare you a terrorist and you can be, all your rights are gone. Right. Right. Anyway, so, my point being, it's uh, it's good sci-fi shit, you know? Well, so there's multiple levels. There's that, right? That exists today. Um, the other thing, too, is the whole notion of, of, you know, they paint this picture of a society where everybody is just completely numbed by technology and in their own world, which... Man. If, boy... It would That's suck what... if that was the case. <laughs> right. Wait, let me... I'm sorry. What did you say? I was looking at my phone. Um, but, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, so... We're all so buried in our phones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, right away, you know, I'm a sucker for this shit, so I, I'm in. The only thing that could fuck it up is if the execution is bad and the acting's bad and the dialogue is bad. But it's not. I mean, it's done yeah, really it's well. Shit. It's really it's done well. It's Gennar My um, man writes good dialogue. <laughs> right. So it just goes to prove, you know, you know, JoJo's and like, get your shit together because it can be done. Um, well, I'll say right now, I do thoroughly enjoy the way JoJo is written. It's just written in a very, shall we say, unconventional manner. Yeah, but it could be better. Well, I think it's also apples and oranges, right? So Yeah, they're so different. Like, you can't even compare the two shows, in my opinion. Like, they're completely striving for different tones, objectives, in like... One, yeah, is, one is trying to be a literal comic book, and the other is trying to be more of almost a near live-action yeah, narrative like, story, right? This, this, this show is designed for you to take it as seriously as possible. Whereas, like, something like JoJo is, like you are literally being told by the title alone not to take it seriously. You know what right. I mean? Right. And also better about this show, there were no Nazis. I mean, at least not literal yeah. Nazis. There's a lot of fascism in it, I think, but very few Nazis. Yeah. There's so. a, there's definitely some curious, uh, <laughs> right. 
right. stuff in there. So I'm trying to dig into that too because honestly, I, I kind of wish I had taken some time. I, as I was watching it, I'm thinking, man, I should do a good job of really trying to come up with uh, some some organized like thoughts about this, but I didn't. So we're just gonna get my usual scattershot bullshit. <laughs> but um, but really, you know, like one of the things I have in here is that um, you know. The, one of the themes of the you know human and like you talked about with with the way that that normal like police work is viewed as what we view as police work today as being archaic and out of date because you have this technology that just tells you what to do and you just do it um you know but it, it very much that theme of like you know a very human gut intuition versus you know the cold bloodless technology of of the civil system and well it's not bloodless well you see how the lethal eliminators work not but... bloodless but certainly emotionless right the, it's yeah it's, it's in that whole notion of like it's just these at least initially unseen bureaucrats behind technology um you know making decisions about people's futures before they've done anything yeah and um, and Actually, one of the enforcers, Coggery, he's kind of a comic relief character a lot of the time, but he has a great interaction with Akane in like the second episode where he's sitting down with because he he feels like he was uh, he was overly judgmental of her initially, but he's sitting down with her to get some food and he's talking to her about why she joined the, the Public Safety Bureau and she could have done so many other things. And she kind of goes off about like, oh, well, I felt like there it was the only thing I was special for. And he, you know, he he's this kid who he was tagged at five years old and has been in prison his entire life because of one bad scan, basically. Right. Um, and so he, you know, he obviously cannot like can't take her seriously because of how the injustice that he has suffered at the hands of the system that basically gives some people all the every single opportunity in the world and other people just get thrown in prison right off the bat, you know, without. So, so that's the other theme behind it too, right? Because her friends, there's that scene with her friends that she flashes back to again, where, you know, they keep flashing back to her, Akane meeting with two of her lifelong friends and, you know, they're having coffee and getting their, their scores about what they, their, their whole future will be allowed to be. And so, you know, one of her friends, you know, is basically told that forever that she'll only be able to do menial jobs. The other one is given a few, like, limited bureaucratic opportunities. But Akane, because of her score, the doors are wide open. And she can... So she's complaining about, oh, I just can't pick from all these things. Whereas everybody else, like you're saying, is like, yeah, go fuck off. Because uh, I got imprisoned at five, or I've been told I have to go work at a 7-Eleven. Sorry, 7-Eleven I hate... workers. I hate blue-collar work being a systems engineer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's a great line <laughs> yeah who says that her other friend one of her i think it's the friend who dies says uh one of her they're both i think both of her other friends are systems engineers or something but she says one of them says to the other like oh at least you like blue collar work i hate being stuck as a systems engineer it's like dude you know? what the fuck <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's kind of like one of those things where you're like wow like that's blue collar work nowadays because of how 
how advanced their society basically has become. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think of it that way. I felt like it was like, really seriously? I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and so that whole notion of a, of this planned society and and the removal of free will, which really segues us into the big bad of 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 the series, which is, or is he a bad? No, he's a bad. Well, guy. kind of. <laughs> he's he, a bad guy, but he's got the right idea, which is but, the best kind of villain, right? It's it, so he's a sympathetic villain, right? I mean, that's 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 why I said so. His name is Makashima, and Makashima is the wild card, right? He's the guy. He's the mutant. There's a notion in, in you know, some works like, say, the Foundation series, which is, has a similar idea of like this, this planned society where everything can be predicted. And in that society, you know, it starts to fall apart because there's one mutant that comes along that doesn't, that throws everything off. And that's, you learn that one of the weaknesses of the Sybil system is that, and kind of like, you know, if you look, think back on the Matrix movies, it's a similar idea where every now and then somebody comes along that doesn't that can't be read right they're psychopaths they're the way the way read. i looked at they're basically neuro neurodivergent and they are effectively criminal activity does not raise their stress level right so they do not um you know they find basically makashima finds like abhorrent criminal activity to be very soothing um and it lowers his crime coefficient when he actually is thinking about or is committing a criminal act. So it's kind of a, uh, it's a, uh, he's basically a sociopath is the idea, but. Right. Right. He, and um, so it, and, and he also is, is very closely tied to why Kogami is an enforcer because he, well, actually he, and who's the other one that comes back later as, you know, we'll, we'll get into a minute, but. His, uh, uh, are you talking about the um the other guy who was in the specimen case? Right. I can't remember his freaking name. I but can't remember. I know either. who you're talking. The but, other criminally asymptomatic guy, right? Right. And so yeah. there were so Makashima and this other guy were were two cases where that he at least Makashima was certainly never solved, and actually the other one was never solved either. He just disappeared. Um, yeah. And you know, there were just these awful cases that sent. Kogami over the edge and turned him into, you know, who he is, right? Where he became an enforcer because it turned him into a latent criminal. Um, because he just began, and you can imagine why, right? When they're exposed to this stuff that they can't solve and they the they see the flaws in the system, they just want to go old school and either bring this guy in any way they can or kill him. You know, like like as judgment, right? Kogami winds up wanting to do right, and so it turns out that it seems that this makashima character that up until this you know later on in the show gets identified but he he's never been seen and never registered on the cameras because his psychopath his hue can't be really it's never elevated so no one knows what he looks like and that also should be pointed out right so this this civil system is everywhere it's not just in these guns it is on yeah it's on like street scanners street and scanners and everything so if they if somebody wanders by a street scanner and their hue is like 200 something somebody comes and shoots you with a stun gun and put you in prison yeah so um or even like a drone might right and so really you know makashima becomes this joker like you know dark knight version joker uh 
I used to think my life was a tragedy, but now I realize it's a com. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I wind up doing Joker bits whenever people compare a character to the Joker, but it is an apt comparison. Was that a line from Dark Knight that I should be ashamed? I can't remember. No, no. It's it's just a bit that people do about the Joker because there's all these edgy teens who are like, I'm like the Joker. You know what I mean? Oh, right. And yeah. so, yeah, it's that kind of shit. Gotcha. Well, I'm glad I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, so... Um, so once... Makashima, so they discover that Makashima is really orchestrating a lot of this stuff behind the scenes. He's getting other people to do uh, crimes, you know, and staying. He's the silent partner behind the scenes that nobody picks up on. But eventually they figure out it's him and they start going after him. And he starts developing grander and grander plans. His enemy really is the civil system itself. Like he, he just. Uh, rebels against the notion of this, you know, this overlord that is, you know, and actually there's a lot, you learn as the series goes on, there's a lot of people who just feel uh, like like the character you talked about, the, the other enforcer, the younger guy, who feel like their lives are robbed from them by this arbitrary system that is invisible to everybody. And so Makashima just starts taking that to the extreme and you know it definitely reminded me a lot of the Heath Ledger Joker where he's just the agent of chaos and he wants to expose the flaw for what it is and not letting people live their lives and having free will and but he he's a fucking psycho I mean the shit he does oh yeah he's just, he's nuts like he, he's completely fucked but he's not wrong <laughs> that's the problem yeah. and, and that's you the, find uh, yourself torn part. Right. You're, you're very torn by it because as time goes on and you see what this guy is capable, he very cold bloodedly murders Akane's one of her best friends. Well, and he's like torturing her basically he's too, because he's, he's right. showing off the fact that he cannot be scanned by the dominator basically the whole time. Right. And he's offering her to either shoot him with a real gun and, uh, and, and, and he's basically herself. trying to prompt. He's basically trying to prompt her to actually make a choice rather than let the system make it for her. Um, right, but make a, it's make not a choice really... that could corrupt her and change her hue and get her possibly. You know, it it will. It's all about the you know becoming tainted by actually doing something, right? Yeah, and and she has to make that choice, and he puts her in that position of like, I'm going to kill your friend. You can't shoot me with your with your dominator gun, so you either have to take that real shotgun and kill me, or I'm gonna kill your friend. And she can't do it. She tries to, but she can't. And he just he does it, and it's just fucking cold, man. It's just yeah. Crazy. It's a uh, it's it's a scene that sticks with you to be sure. Like that's that scene, and then the scene where they discover the true nature of the civil system was the other those are like the two big scenes that really stuck with me from seeing the show. Um, right. I have to ask, what was it? What was your reaction to the reveal of the truth behind the civil system? So, well, one, one point I wanted to get to before we go to that was, um, I hadn't really paid much attention to who was the younger enforcer that you talked about. The guy who was imprisoned at five. Coggery. Coggery. Right. So there's a scene where there's, there's two big, 
big plots by Makashima. The first plot is, is he comes up with these helmets that allow people to reflect the lowest hue score around them so that they can't be detected and enforced by the dominator or by the by the civil system and people he just starts handing them out to people and all these people with 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 um grudges to settle and who are afraid of being discovered as latent criminals or worse just start going around fucking murdering people and getting away with it and yeah. it, le- it leads to like this crisis of faith in the system and there's riots everywhere and people want to know, you know, like it's just sowing chaos everywhere, but they finally get that under control. But as part of that plot, the real plot was just to set off these riots so that really Makashima and this other character whose name I can't remember that he's in partnership with can go I down. I can't remember his name either, but <laughs> right. They, they go to the PSB building. The public safety bureau is the, is the, the police group that, you know, runs the enforcers and the and the you know it's their whole criminal system and it also turns out to be the home of the civil system that nobody knew and it's it's hidden away in this undocumented substructure of the psb building so they go to find it and um uh makashima draws away kogami to let this other guy go do his thing and expose the civil system to truly their their real goal of setting off all these riots was to go down and and either destroy the civil system, which he was going to do at first, this other guy, but then he realizes the best thing to do would just be to show people what it really was. And then, but I wanted to point out too that the uh, younger guy, again, whose name I've asked about and still can't remember, uh, he sent after to chase the guy who went to find the civil system. And that's when I wish I'd paid more attention to this guy because I really liked... He has this dialogue going back and forth with the the guy going to destroy the civil system that I really enjoyed because that the enforcer guy is just like, yeah, I don't really care what the fuck you do. I just want to chase you down and fucking kill you. <laughs> right? Yeah, because he's like, he, he goes, it's a it's kind of a well, you know, I have no love for the system, but at this point it's personal, you know, because of right, uh, right. Because yeah. of all the problems that they've caused, right? It's, um, and it's it that is definitely a great scene. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, but he gets murdered in that scene. The other, both of them get murdered, but um, and you don't know who by by who at first. Um, and then Makashima gets captured, but then at that point, the big reveal is Makashima is being protected by the higher ups of the PSB. And that's when the big reveal happens. The real big reveal happens is he meets with the police chief who you think is this older woman, but she lays it all out to Makashima that really what the civil system is, is that's why I made the neural net joke earlier. Yeah. Is that we've made a few jokes about it so far. Right. Um, They just have taken it really they they needed a human element to be able to process all this data they have a lot of raw data coming in somatic data they call it that they read off the body which is just technical data streaming in but they need a human element something to coordinate it and make decisions and their solution for it was was to you know they have the, they have the ability they establish in the show they have the ability to do what they call a full cyberization of a body right just take somebody's brain and their central nervous system well and put it you can a... actually cyberize everything about a body except for one thing. The brain. Well, 
But the, there's actually two things then. It's the, the brain. Pe- the penis. For some reason, also eyelids. Right. Right. They can't right. really nail the eyelids on the on the cyberized bodies. So anyways, finish what you were about to say. Before no, we I go got I got to talk about that because you brought it up because it was hilarious. <laughs> because when they so when they disclose the fact that you can do this full cyberization where you could take somebody's brain and central nervous system and put it into basically a robot body, right? fully transports transplants somebody's entire you know neurological being into something something mechanical and they're talking with this guy and interviewing him as part of this you know it's exposition through a a news program interviewing one of the people that has done this and the 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 body and they do it for a good reason right the body that this guy inhabits it's, yeah it's to differentiate him from the from, from right, the humans right. but right and so but also, like, he can't blink. <laughs> so he just yeah, has so... this big, uncomfortable stare that never changes. <laughs> and, since, and since that episode, since we watched that episode, we've had this running joke about that guy, which is he's like, well, I I built the perfect cyberized body, except for one thing. I just couldn't nail the eyelids. For some reason, <laughs> it's a tough mechanism to implement. Right. <laughs> you know? we, we can tie in millions and billions of neurons into a mechanical suit, but eyelids are really tricky. <laughs> couldn't nail him although maybe that's maybe to him that's like a that's like an optimization of the body because if you no longer have to blink you can be watching 24 7 basically well in, in, in so, reality right it's blinking's not necessary if your eyes aren't real but um it turns out that the that the chief is actually so the so the the what they've done to make the the civil system work for the human element to make decisions on all this data is they have human brains plugged into the system making these decisions and the police chief is actually a cyberized you know human and and she can be any one of these brains at any time yeah if, they specifically are all criminally asymptomatic brains and they are all criminally so she reveals to makashima in this big reveal when they're taking him off that they they needed that that the people with these criminally asymptomatic brains get plugged in because they are ideally suited to do this task and also help plug the holes in the system because they can be detached and view things from this detached way from emotion but yet taking all this data they somehow psychos are basically ideally suited to rate psychopaths <laughs> so yeah. Uh, and so that's her reveal, and she's actually a cyberized individual, and there's many copies of her, but based on who they need her to be, they can put any brain into it they want. And it turns out one of the brains to talk to Makashima is the other guy that Kogami lost track of ages ago. That, his uh, his yeah. accomplice in the in the earlier murder case that, right, they, that right. they talked about. And so, but, you know, and they, they're recruiting Makashima. They want him to join their collective and become, you know, it, it really is like exposing that, that, you know, and it, it's also a commentary, I think, on political class of people, which is that there's megalomania involved, right? And you have to be detached from your your humanity a bit to be able to 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 want the kind of power that you get by being in these positions and really yeah. and really the the psychopaths or, or the civil system represents the ultimate embodiment of 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 control and being able to control a society and so she's recruiting him to be part of it and he's listening and he's just like 
uh, yeah, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, like, why would I ever? Why want would I something? do that? Right? They, they, <laughs> yeah. to them, right, and to everybody that's come before, like, great, I could be part of this thing and be a god and never die. And and he's like, I don't give a shit about that. The whole reason I exist, his is whole to like expose MO this thing is to, uh, is to bring yeah. people back to their roots and and make decisions for themselves. And right now, it really feels like I'm arguing for a fucking psychopath. Well. <laughs> I would argue that Makishima's kind of right. He's kind of so. right. <laughs> He's right, but his methods are terrible. Yeah, it's it's pretty horrible some of the like the stuff he does results in like untold chaos basically. Right. Um so his his plan really is his second plan that they have to foil is to basically so and it also exposes another facet of the world that you don't really understand at first, which is that is that I, I didn't understand fully, like, what was the scope of civil? Was it the city? Was it the world? Was it just the country? It turns out it's just the country. and Yeah, it's and, just in Japan. And Japan they talk about that has become self-sustaining, and they, had, they make all their own food now through this super-engineered crop, and they're walled off from the rest of the world. And if you go back historically, right, hmm. Japan was a Makes... walled off society un- yeah. <laughs> until the late or mid 19th century. Still kind of, still is in a lot of ways. In a lot um, of ways. There there's they've always had a not, very st- not very friendly to foreigners. Well, they've always had a strong, I guess would xenophobic uh trait be too strong? Yeah. I mean and I don't want to say like we're from the US, so like we're no strangers to xenophobia here. Like Right. No. For this sure. country hates foreigners just as much as Japan does, you know. Um we let them in, but we keep them down and we shit on them for a while until they can move well, their way up, and then they can shit on the next let, group that come in. We let them in, but only into our concentration camps at the border. Well, um, yeah, and then eventually, you know, we feel bad about it, and they, they assimilate to a certain extent as much as they're allowed to, and then the next wave comes in and they shit on them. So, you know, it's it's kind of a, a pay-it-down kind of scheme, you know. My point being, like, uh, yeah, we know that... I'm not saying that, like... Japan is evil or something. Because no, I'm not either. Far from and, it. I'm I, just saying it. But it what I would say is of, like it they be... are Go ahead. known for being very xenophobic, much like the United States. Well, I, um, I think most countries have at least some of that. I'm just saying historically, like Japan was kind of closed off for a long time until well, they... by virtue of it being an island be... nation, like, right? <laughs> right, and and a lot like the U.S. actually, since we are separated off from the from europe and from asia you know we're we're not we don't really have a ton of contact with other countries i mean we the closest we only have two other countries like nearby us no whereas there's there's no mistake that we had you know we we realized that that could be a benefit that's why james monroe issued the monroe doctrine right so um but yeah, no, just an no, interesting not... parallel between their. No, I'm just. I just think it's an interesting parallel between American and Japanese society is that like, right? We both are sort of like these, in America's case, a pseudo island nation, but we're both these sort of like detached countries from the rest of our from from the rest of the world, um, which and... I think tends to breed, uh, xenophobia. <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, superiority complexes, right? Because, you yeah. know, America, especially right with the notion of American exceptionalism and all that. Right. And so, and so in reality, right. So his goal is if he wipes out 
Japan's self-sustaining food supply, they're going to have to engage with the rest of the world and take in refugees and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, he sounds pretty rational. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. Like, I'm sympathizing with the bad guy, but he's not wrong. And, you know, that that they've they've isolated themselves and they've created this dystopian society that just represses their own people to that level. And and to a point where people view it as and honestly it's the parallels are even to like, you know, now with, you know, our our isolating of ourselves at an individual level through our technology, you know, as well as at a society level, societal level with xenophobia towards immigrants, you know, um and you know, I just found it to be an interesting turn of events where Japan had kind of gone from like completely isolated in the 19th century to, you know, super modernized by the turn of the 20th century. Um, and then back to, you know, in this story time, isolationist, right? It was kind of like a full circle thing in my mind. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Makashima is right in pointing out that that's not good. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's uh, it's alienating. It's alienating, right? But he's a but in order. But his view of it is like I'm gonna kill everybody, kill a bunch of people by by making them starve to death. Um, well, sometimes political violence is necessary for radical change. I don't know. Is that what he says? No, no. I'm I'm just saying that. But sometimes uh, in Minecraft, in Minecraft, in, in Minecraft, right? Well, I'm, there's a lot of you know people on on. Uh, that we don't agree with that would say the same thing, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so that's why I don't think that's the right answer, but I, I did. No, find I mean, it, I don't necessarily either. But... I, I did find it interesting though, that Akane was like, so, so really the civil system fails in that attempt. And actually the person that whoever's brain was in that body to talk to Makashima, he just fucking smokes that person. They're done. Um, and, uh, they reveal themselves to Akane and, and she negotiates with them because at this point, you know, uh, once Makashima escapes, Kogami says, you know, fuck everything. I'm going rogue and I'm just going to kill this guy. He gets an old fashioned revolver yeah. and he's going to chase this guy down and shoot him. And she's trying to prevent him from doing that because then he'll have to be killed. So she negotiates with the civil system. They need her to be to bring makashima to bring makashima in alive and she negotiates saving kogami but ultimately you know um they foil the plan but you know she and she prevents kogami from uh, not kogami prevents makashima from escaping but she's wounded in the process and in the end while makashima is trying to get away kogami just stalks him down and and just shoots him in the head and and then disappears um but i found it interesting that that akane you know so she hates the civil system when she finds out what it is she hates everything yeah, about it i she mean knows, as most people would i think she knows everything's a lie but she keeps the lie because she knows that everything would be complete chaos but by the end of the series she is now the grizzled veteran and then they bring it full circle by bringing in this fresh new recruit and now um yeah uh, it's i think it's like what a direct repeat of the scene 
where she first is introduced. Yeah, she gets the speech that she got from. Uh, she gives the speech that she got from uh, what's his name uh, from Ginoza. Ginoza, yeah, and Ginoza, who we didn't really talk about. He's the by the book guy. His father was uh, Masayoka, who's an enforcer. You find out that out halfway through the series. And Masayoka is a really likable character. He's done oh, really well. Oh, everybody loves Masayoka. He's ma- he's made to be to be loved. And they, but honestly, they that doesn't always work. He's like, and it works. He's like the team dad. Yeah, and he's he's great. Honestly, every scene he's in is great. Um, and you know. He is the whole time really just trying to protect his son, Ginoza, who is the... And Ginoza doesn't respect him because he's now an enforcer. And Yeah, he, he feels like abandoned by, uh, by, by, his, father by his father for having... Right. And so, um, but by the end, in the, in the, in the last, uh, you know, big plot point, you know, the, at, the, at the food, uh, at, the, at the farm, the massive farm, uh Masayoka gets killed by uh what the fuck's his name by Makashima Makashima thank you yeah um and it's really heartbreaking you know it's one of those you know Sophie's choice moments where uh he's struggling with Makashima uh um Masayoka is and he Makashima is his son is trapped Ginoza is trapped underneath some rubble and, you know, uh, Makashima tosses an explosive towards, you know, uh, Ginoza, and then he lets go of Makashima to save his son, but is killed by the explosion. And it's really mm-hmm. heartbreaking, And but, by, but that whole sequence, right? So the whole series, Ginoza is struggling with trying to do the right thing. And, and maintaining his uh right. his psychopath as well. Right, and he is being manipulated by the quote-unquote chief, but without ever really realizing or being told what the civil system really is. And, and his his arc is actually really tragic in a lot of other ways too, because he he starts out kind of believing he's the veteran of the job, but realizes he's just like inherently less suited to it than Akane is as she becomes more experienced. And not um, only and that, he kind but... of basically, he kind of basically watches himself become obsolete. Um, I think the real tragedy is, is he's constantly rebelling and against his father at the same time, kind of wanting his approval, but feeling like he's not getting it. And but while his father, his father's whole purpose is really to protect him. You find out by yeah, the end of I the mean, show. I mean, he just. That he's trying all, to protect him. All he him. wants is that he loves him, and basically. he doesn't even realize it until you know his dad makes that sacrifice, and and that breaks him. And then by the end, he's just an enforcer, um, and broken. And Akane now is the the veteran, and she is the better leader, right? And it's clear by yeah. the end. And that's kind of how it ends. It's really almost kind of unsatisfying because it's a very kind of dark ending. It's pretty bleak. It's a pretty bleak ending for sure. Right. And, but thank God, you know, they pick up in season two and they carry on with trying to unmask the civil system. And uh... Yeah, so for those who don't know, the second season, I, I haven't personally watched it just because I've heard the consensus, which is that the second season of this show just sucks. Because the writer, Genorobuchi, and the director, whose name I'm blanking on now, um, 
I just know Gennar Ibuchi's off the top of my head because he writes a bunch of great stuff. But um, they were both working on the Psychopaths movie at the time that the second season was being produced. So it got outsourced to different people and they failed to recapture the magic of Makishima. Um, which is unfortunate because the first, this first season is pretty amazing television. And, I think. and, um, and quite frankly, like you were saying with some of the stuff we were talking about in the news, it's pretty self-contained. Yeah. You know, which, well, that's the other thing. This is something that's interesting to me about the anime industry in general. Not everything is meant to be like this, but the vast majority of anime series have a planned out beginning and ending from the moment that they are actually being brought about or adapted in a lot of cases, right? Yeah. So in many cases they're when you're when they're making an anime they're adapting a completed work and there's obviously like the goal of most shows in in the u.s is to enter like syndication or whatnot right or to continue to produce money for the um for the for the for the studio but something about the uh most most of the great anime that exists is they'll usually only be like 24 to 50 episodes at most um and then they'll end they don't like it doesn't get canceled it just the series is done um and that's something that i've always found to be a lot more interesting like i i I always have enjoyed the fact that like when i'm watching an anime series there's usually a concrete ending to that series and it is a complete work Rather than the idea of like, I have a TV show and it's going to go on in perpetuity until the network decides that it's over, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's not to say that there aren't shows that go on forever. Like, there's a few, there's there's specific shows like many, uh, pretty much every anime fan knows about the big three, which is these three uh, in action series that have been running literally for like hundreds and hundreds of episodes um naruto's over now but that show ran for like 800 episodes or some shit like that uh one piece still going to this day that show's been running for 20 years um well the manga's been running for 20 years the show's been running probably for 10 or so um but my point is like i wish that we would embrace more especially with like this idea of streaming now that we have like this idea of the complete work in terms of TV. Um, because when you get something like this, like, I don't know, it really feels pretty special to have that. Like there was an idea that somebody had, they wrote the story and then it was over. Right. Right. I don't know. Maybe that was too long winded, but no, I, so there's definitely that tension going on now, I think between, um, the traditional American style television show that is complete, like, you know, old series, Star Trek or fucking like law and order, right? These self-contained episodes that are just, you know, anthology series that, that go on forever. Right. Um, Not Star Trek, certainly, but like, you know, law and order ran for fucking 20 years and spanned like five different television shows as well. Uh, And some of them are still going, but, but those, 
contrast with so i i think that the kind of shows you're talking about that go on forever are like cotton candy right you you take them in they don't really you know they're entertaining maybe but you don't think about them for five minutes after they're gone you know then you have stuff like this or other like a lot of the streaming stuff now coming out that are self-contained stories like you know uh every like we talked about earlier right every season of daredevil was pretty self-contained you could have stopped that show yeah. at any moment right jessica jones luke cage right there's a narrative arc to those seasons um this had a little bit of both right this had the smaller stories in the beginning that eventually tied together um into that larger story and that you know as i talk about it and i think you were saying it before but you know thinking about it even more because i you know i've been watching the show over the course of a month and i quite frankly, I forget a lot of shit. So I kind of forgot a lot about those earlier arcs. But yeah. they really do um, a good job of just kind of slowly teasing you into the bigger story. And I'll be honest with you, I was waiting for the moment where it was like the anime jump the shark moment where there's going to be all the stuff I fucking hate about about anime, which is you know, eight years worth of exposition in somebody's head that just make me fall asleep that I don't need help doing. Um, this, this was actually, there's exposition and it is intertwined as part of the story. Perfect case in point um, is going to be, um, for example, uh, when Akane is sitting with her friends, you learn about the, the world that they live in that way, right? Um you get flashback stories about that. They had that whole flashback episode about the woman enforcer on their squad, right? Um, mm -hmm. How she comes into it. That also fills in some of the story. Um, there's nothing that there's a little bit of, you know, um, you know, just straight exposition, but usually it's intertwined into the context of the plot and the story and done in a way that doesn't feel always like you're getting a fuck ton of exposition. And, and I really, I was really grateful for that. So and this is why this is the thing is that I, I hate this idea that a lot of people seem to have that are not well acquainted with anime that the entire medium is a monolith right everybody a lot of people i, I don't want to say everybody because like there's definitely people who don't think this way but like many people in the u.s who do not watch a lot of anime think of it as entirely kitty shit and basically garbage right you know i'll be honest with you guilty as charged right and, right and i you know to people who don't get exposed to it specifically a show like this you know i'm gonna think i think anime and i think like weird shit that it has like zero depth and and that's not to say that there aren't shows no, like that but, but it's, i'm gonna raise you this there's shows like that in literally every form of tv no that's exactly what i was gonna say it just shows that that within that 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 uh you know that entire genre there there is a range of of works right and so I've... i mean i don't even know if calling it a genre is the right thing because it's just a 
medium. Well, a medium, like, a medium or an art form, right? Because I mean, it's because it's a like subset of a show like Psychopaths is an entirely different genre well, from something like JoJo. I use like, I use incorrect terms, but my point being is that yeah. it, it's it's it is an it is a a medium or an art form, right? It's a subset of animation, right? That you know gets blocked off and lumped into you know especially probably here in America as X, right? Or I should well, say Well, I mean, here in the U.S., animation in general is basically viewed as it can be comedy or it can be kid shit. And, like, they just... It's just entirely ignored as a medium to tell, like, more serious stories, which I think is a big missed opportunity. Um, um perhaps. This show but... isn't... This show isn't specifically a great example of animation's... Uh, ability to tell stories like because just because by virtue of the fact that it was designed to be more like a live action show mm-hmm. but like there's certain things about animation that you just cannot get in live action that are that like you can have that are allowed to explore like very interesting adult ideas um in like in other series that i've watched um, and I just think it's a big shame that in the U.S. specifically, at least as far as I don't know what it's like in many other countries, but in, in the U.S., like we really don't think like we just don't view animation as a medium worth respecting. Um, well, I'm going to um, I'm going to paint probably most of the West with that brush. Um, yeah. I, and I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I I just that disappoints me. Maybe. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's just the way it is until people can get exposed to it i think what really happens in the west is that a lot of these uh really interesting ideas like this show get end up you know getting overlooked until someone comes along and says you know what i i want to turn this into live action and then it gets taken seriously oh my god or it gets a shitty americanized remake too that happens a lot uh as animation or just uh no, as a as a live action. Oh, they did that with Death Note. Oh, they did they a did. shitty live action movie. They did, yeah. And it was all like Americanized for no good reason. I don't get it. I mean, it was just so they could cast white people, I guess, instead of Russians. <laughs> um, Maybe I don't know. I, I I don't fucking. They changed the character's name to Light Turner or something because they felt. I mean, that movie completely failed to capture everything good about Death Note. So but, I um, I would like to see. So I was thinking about this last night when it ended. Uh, when I finished it, which was, I really would like to see a live action version of this, but I think it should be set in Japan and probably made by Japanese people. <laughs> oh yeah. Because of I think that it will, um, I think it could be what Blade Runner 2049 should have been. Um, and it, you know, it really has a lot of classic sci-fi um, it, it brings there's 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 a lot of stuff like I said that is is a you know it's drawing from a lot of things consciously right but it does it and then it spins it back and still makes you think and so mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean I, I I think it I honestly would like to see an interpretation of this as live action um, just because I guess that's my my uh, you know um you know my uh bias i guess but still i keep thinking like man i'd like to see this done and and uh 
brought in this like a streaming mini series or something like that. I think you might have to cut it down quite a bit, but um, well, maybe not. Maybe not because no, because it's only twenty two minute episodes. Yeah, like you could do a ten. If episode. you did it as a, I mean, if you did like a Netflix series or something, ten o- ten hour which longs. I don't yeah. ever want. I don't ever want Netflix touching a ne- another anime property again after what <laughs> they did Death to Note. Death Note and Full Metal Alchemist. But um, you know, if you did like a streaming service style uh adaptation or something you'd probably be able to fit the whole story into like 10 hour long episodes i think to do it right though it has to be a streaming service because quite honestly one thing i didn't touch on that i just read one of oh this show's gory as this show well it's not just gory it's fucking and it's disturbing brutal brutally brutal and disturbing on many levels um and i mean there's like the the a scene the scene mature content the scene that sparks the riot where one of the helmeted guys comes up he tracks this woman down on the street and he literally slowly bludgeons her to death in front of hundreds of people while they just watch and think oh this can't be real this is all staged and fake uh, well, they're like they're like stunned and they're stunned. Yeah, they right. they can't react because they just have never like they they've never seen it doesn't before. happen. Right, it like never crime happens. doesn't happen in the street like that. Basically, right. And, um, and so yeah, no, it, it really so stuff like that just really makes you stop and go, holy fuck. Yeah, um, there's a lot. I mean, the just the that shot alone in the first episode where like they use the eliminator on the guy and you see how like it basically like goes in and makes their body explode from yeah, the inside. No, it's fucking it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's messed up shit. Yeah. Like it's like they um, they can't just fucking kill the guy. It's got to be like, nope, we're going to explode your entire body from the inside out. <laughs> you know? See, but like that's something that's like that's an effect that is leveraged specifically well by animation, right? Because like you could do something like that in like CG, but it's not going to look as good. You know, oh, uh, you could do it. Um, I think, yeah, but I mean, you could, you could maybe not for a TV series. You could probably. There's no it. way a TV series would wind up looking as good. I've seen as... some pretty fucking gory shit on regular on on streaming series, so it it could be done. Yeah, I mean, The Walking yeah. Dead is all. Practical. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying for gore reasons they couldn't do yeah. it. I'm just saying from like the the actual like effect itself looks specifically good in yeah the animated movie. um yeah no the way it bubbles up and explodes yeah yeah it's yeah. it oh it's so gross yeah but it's great. it is it is pretty spectacular spectacularly gory so yeah but uh i so big thumbs up for me man um i by the if end you couldn't tell i also give it a big thumbs up <laughs> well it was your idea I'm, I'm pretty sure people figured that out by now <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, um, I have to say, man, good call. Kudos. Um, I want us to watch another Genner Abuchi show for the future. Um, I don't know if it'll hit as well as this one did, but it, I think you might like it. I don't know. I, I, you'd like it. My, 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 my thought process on it is you'll probably like it more than JoJo and less than this show a little bit. Uh, fair enough. I think we can put it in the queue, but maybe we it's wanna, still good it's still good shit though you might want to mix it up a little bit but we can talk about that, oh yeah so. no i'm not saying for like next episode yeah i'm saying like i might want to start it soon and then you know i i was talking to you about oh about right this last right. night but like starting it and just kind of making our way through it and doing an episode once we're done you know what i mean yeah um not not having a set episode to be done for but just doing it once we have finished it um 
Yeah, no, it's a crazy. But yeah, it's a crazy idea. It'll never work. Um, crazy. Yeah. So, man, uh, I love these ones because uh, there's plenty of shit to talk about, and it was new for oh, me. Oh yeah. So. But it's a good show though. Yeah, good. Sh- I recommend. Good show, old chap. I'm hoping this is the on ramp to uh, converting you into a dirty anime fan. <laughs> right. That's all I need is something else to me to to spend more time in front of a fucking screen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Hey, may, maybe uh, you might enjoy it. You might find yourself, uh, you might find yourself, uh, enjoying it more than you. You mean might. I might find myself um, cosplaying at an anime convention? I don't think that. Much, but, um, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I've thought about it, but I still haven't done that. No, I'm, <laughs> I would. I'm, I w- that's not to say that I wouldn't. I totally would. No, but um, my my age will prevent me from doing that. Yeah, you're you're a little bit too much of a boomer, probably for that. Way too much of a boomer. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Um, but yeah, but you know, I have I'll plans. I'll drive you I have and your plans friends there, for you, but Padawan. not that you need it. So yeah, I drive myself now, old man. Yeah, right. I have plans for you, young Padawan. Uh, well, you know, well, it's good though. I mean, you, I watch something new, and I feel like a lot of times in the show, it's mostly me like getting you to watch old shit. So this is good. Well, you know, it's a tit for tat. I agree. You know, we're pretty open-minded here on the Fight with Mike show. I don't know. It's more of a risk for you, I feel like, because I, when we're watching like the Star Trek episodes, like that's a real tough sell for me. You know. I mean? it's like... <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you're gonna like this one, Andy. It's it's this fifty-year-old show <laughs> it's the, that it's only the most classic piece of television sci-fi ever made. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a real. It's gonna be a real risk, but I think you should watch it. So. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there <laughs> is no, definitely a... room for slavish devotion to classics plus uh, discovery, at least for me, of new things and sometimes for you. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, you know. But uh, for our next episode, we'll probably know. be doing a bit more of a, a battle because we haven't had a good battle on we haven't here had for a, good a while. Battle. So. Although, let me just say, uh, Andy, you ignorant slut. Wait, we're not even there yet, dude. I just was the wise teacher today. Are you kidding me? I I enlightened you. No, this on this episode. I just think I have to say it, you know, because I haven't said it in a while. So, and it, oh, and okay. It's, well, it's, you're gonna get a chance in in the next episode because we're gonna be fighting for sure. We're gonna be fighting for sure. Is it Batman v Superman? It'll either be Batman v Superman or Rogue One, Rogue and one. either one of those is a fight. So, oh my god, a, a bitter fucking brawl is gonna be Rogue One. That's going to be a lot, dude. Because you know why, Andy? When it comes to why? Rogue One, you are an ignorant slut. Uh, you know, you have a funny way of saying right, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it You means keep coming up with these new weird pronunciations. You have a funny right way of interpreting, interpreting wrong, but, so... Yeah, it, I don't know. Strange. Wrong. You're wrong. Anyway. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. Wrong. All right. <laughs> I think that about wraps it does up wrap this it up. Week, but though. I would like to say also, even though we didn't do it in the beginning, and probably most of our ten listeners won't get to the end, but please like us on Facebook, Fight with Mike Podcast. Share Hell us yeah, we're also we're also at Fight underscore with underscore Mike underscore official on Instagram. So please follow us if you're listening. Follow us, spread the love. We do appreciate it. Yeah, the Facebook page is going to be a little more active. That's where we usually post the new episodes when we have them made. But um, yeah. Yeah, I need you to I need you to be our PR person on the web page or on the Facebook page and post some shit in between because right now it's just episodes. Perhaps I will. All right, you'll Sorry, be our I'm PR guy in the middle of my 
Time to cut it short because, uh, as we know, it's 9.30 at night on Monday, and pretty soon... Um, oh, I've got to get to bed. The matriarch of the house will come in and order me out of the room so she can go get some sleep because she's no... Uh, all right. Bye-bye. 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 B